Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's episode seven. Can't even believe that. Episode seven of Podcast Royal. We are here in the house. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Podcast Royal. How are you, Jessica? I am great. How are you? I'm good. How was your weekend? It was wonderful. Um, this was, uh, is it, was this the first weekend of the new year? Um, maybe the second weekend? I, second um, it's my, it was my first trip of the year. So um, we had a wedding in um, Charleston that we went to and um, it was a nice little, very quick, short kind of getaway. Um, and then we got back Sunday and, um, you know, it's been a good week. I'm back at home and then I've got another wedding in a couple of weeks. I think everyone that postponed in 2020 is, um, you know, they're trying to get them on the books now. So, and you guys can't see this that are listening, but Jessica's nails look incredible and it's giving me major, like, I want to go get my nails done envy, gorgeous yes. deep red color. Yeah, they're like kind of a crimson color. Um, but yeah, I, I treated myself and got them done for the wedding. Good for you. And I love Charleston. Charleston is one of my favorite cities. Yeah, I had not been to Charleston since, I mean, when, since I was like two, which doesn't even really count. You know, I had seen it through pictures. And I've of course, I've been to Savannah and New Orleans um, several times. And Charleston kind of gave me those vibes. Um, it was very pretty and it, it was super cold and rainy on Friday, but Saturday the weather was gorgeous. So I got outside Saturday morning and had a little walk and, um, and it was just nice. It was nice to be out in the fresh air and, um, and be in a new city and, um, yeah. you know, see some new things. Change of scenery is, is much needed. So I'm so glad you had a good weekend and I'm sure that was good for the soul. So we're going to hop right on in to segment one, the Royal Rundown of the week. Once again, we don't have a huge Royal Rundown this week, but there are a few tidbits to share. So as we mentioned last week at length, Kate celebrated her 39th birthday on January 9th, which was this past Saturday on Instagram, Kensington Royal. So we don't know if that's actually Kate or if that's a member of her team. But they said, quote, thank you for your kind wishes on the Duchess's birthday. So I guess it's not Kate. Birthdays have been very different in recent months. And our thoughts continue to be with all those working on the front line at this hugely challenging time, end quote. So this was accompanied by a photo of Kate wearing a face mask. Probably this is in response to some of the grief that Kate's been getting lately, not just Kate, but Kate and William on not being incredibly COVID conscious, according to the press. Um, I heard today actually that Kate celebrated her birthday, of course, at home with a tea party hosted by her kids. So I think that is adorable. And we have spoken about Kate ad nauseum on episode six. So if you want a full deep dive on the Duchess of Cambridge, listen to episode six and there's plenty of Kate content there so yeah I go ahead you know, I um I thought the the picture with the mask you know I, I sort of hated it because you always like to see especially on someone's birthday a picture of them smiling um you know but I but I get it um I understand why they did that mm -hmm. um and and I was just thinking to myself um I'm glad it's not her 40th because I know I hope she's able to have just a really great celebration for her 40th well, we will talk about this in a later episode, but it's all January. It's also someone very special's birthday that I'm looking at right now on Zoom, and that would be mm -hmm. the lovely Miss Jessica. And you're not celebrating a milestone birthday this year, so that's good. Right. I am celebrating a milestone birthday this year, so we need to get this stuff figured out by September, okay? So right. Yeah. Celebrate. You. 
you've already had your your COVID birthday. So I actually was ahead of COVID last year and I had a normal birthday um, out at a restaurant with, with family um, in January, right before everything kind of shut down in March. So mm-hmm. I guess it's my turn to do the low key thing this year. Um, so yeah. everybody yeah, gets it's, their it's COVID birthday. <laughs> everybody gets their COVID birthday. Um, I, I consider the quote unquote start of COVID March 13th. So everybody gets their COVID birthday and then we get our normal birthdays again, right? Because I really, you know, actually COVID birthday wasn't so bad. It was just low key, but I I do have a milestone birthday this year. So I need to have a vaccine by then. And speaking of having a vaccine, also this week came the news that the Queen and Philip have both received their vaccines from a household doctor at Windsor Castle. So thoughts on this, Jessica? Um, Yeah, I was going to ask you, actually, were you surprised that they shared the news with the public? I, I was, but I wasn't because they, and I read that they did so to negate any confusion that might happen um, in the press. They wanted to just nip it in the bud and let people know they've gotten it. And so far, only the Queen and Philip are the only members of the family that I've heard have received it. I've not heard that Charles and Camilla have yet. We're recording this on January 12th. So that could change tomorrow. I don't know, but as I have not heard and I wouldn't expect Kate and William to receive it as they are under the age of 40, but I would expect Charles and Camilla to receive it pretty soon, probably. Um, Of course, here in the US, uh, President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris have received it. So we're starting to see some world leaders around the globe receive it. So I'm, I'm just glad that we have confirmation so that we don't have to guess. Yeah, um, and I think that makes sense. I, I was sort of not really expecting them to share that information, but um, but you know, I mean, we we already knew Charles um, had the virus, and William did as well. So it does make sense that they would that they would share that, and it makes perfect sense that they would be, um, you know, in the front of the line to receive the vaccine. Yeah, even if they weren't the monarch and the monarch spouse. I mean, Philip is right. ninety nine. The queen is 94, so they should, of course, be at the front of the line. I have signed up to receive the vaccine or get notified when it's my turn. I will probably be towards the back of the line because I am young and relatively healthy. And so and I expect the same for you, Jessica, but um, I'm excited to see that the queen and Philip. Now, I think this is just their first dose. I didn't hear about them completing it. Did you? I did not. Okay. So, well, anyway, good on them. And um, speaking of Charles and Camilla, so Camilla, I knew this news would excite you, Jessica, because Jessica and I both love to read. Camilla is starting a book club, which your two avid reader co-hosts are excited about. Her book club is going to be called the Duchess of Cornwall's Reading Room. It has its own Instagram now and on January 15th, which is on Friday. So this episode will post on January 13th. So two days after we air, it will share four new titles. So I'm excited to see which books she chooses. This makes Camilla the first royal to launch a book club. So will you be participating, Jessica? Yeah, definitely. I think that that is a really fun um little side hobby for her to to start up and I think that's really neat that she's the first royal to have a book club um I think you and I along with a lot of other royal watchers probably enjoy reading because we all have read about the royal family and Mm -hmm. um, I bet there'll be a lot of people participating in this I did not honestly know that Camilla was such a big reader I don't know if I missed that um I did I I I didn't know that was her thing, but I'm I'm all for it. I'm a huge reader and I'm a writer and the more I read, the better I write. So I will definitely be checking out the books that she recommends if for nothing else, just because I'm curious as to what type of book she likes. So, mm-hmm. and I'm supporting my local library and we'll be checking those books out from my local library as you should as well, all of us should. So. 
I believe this is my last news item of the week, but as I mentioned in a previous podcast, I think this was two or maybe even three weeks ago, the 2020 hardest working Royals list is out from the Daily Express. And it report says, quote, the queen and her family have cut their workload by more than half in 2020 as the pandemic and the loss of three senior Royals. So that's, this is my words, not the Daily Expresses, but that's Harry, Meghan and Andrew back to the Daily Express, took their toll. A study of the court circular commissioned by the Daily Express shows that the number of official engagements conducted by the royal family dropped from 3,470 in 2019 to um, a staggeringly low 1,529 in 2020, which was a 56% fall. Patricia Treble, who is a Canadian journalist and a veteran royal watcher who has researched the court circular. If you don't know what the court circular is, it is a list of engagements that's found on the Royal Media Center. You can Google all of that. She found that the Prince of Wales was once again the busiest royal with 256 engagements. The Princess Royal, so that's Anne, had the second highest number at 224, but Anne actually worked on more days throughout the year than others. She undertook official engagements on 136 days of the year with Charles close behind with 131, followed by the Earl of Wessex, so that's Edward, who worked on 108 days. One of the other main findings was that the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, of course, William and Kate, played an increasingly large part in the work of the firm, which I think we could have predicted they really stepped up this year. William at 171 engagements jumped from eighth place last year to third place this year, while Kate with 116 went from 12th to eighth. Charles, Camilla, William, and Kate accounted for 666, which is kind of a creepy number, by the way, mm -hmm. engagements or 43.5% of the total. So those four accounted for almost 50% of the work done by the family last year. The queen who had maintained a steady list of just under 300 engagements in 2017, 2018, and 2019 saw her official engagements fall by 57% to 126, of course, because of COVID and because she is 94 and she had to be especially careful. Of those, 47 were by phone, 23 by video, and only 56 were in person, probably uh, most of them pre-mid-March. And she did some in-person engagements at the end of the year, but most were electronic. So of the 1,528 royal engagements, 534, 35% were outside of the royal residences. So only 35% were outside of Zoom or a phone call. In comparison, 2,337 of the total 3,470 engagements last year were outside royal residences. So I know I just dropped a lot of numbers on you, but what all that means all told is that the work of the family really declined in 2020 because of the pandemic and um, by more than half. And so I can kind of see why William and Kate were so anxious to get out on that train tour because they're just underworked. And they, I'm sure like all of the members of the family feel as though they have so much more to give than they were able to give in 2020. Um, but I think that those numbers are to be expected. So any surprises from, from all of those numbers from the report? Uh, well, you know, I'm not really surprised that the number of engagements dropped this last year. I'm sure we're all not surprised by that. It's sad, um, you know, to think about them having to cut back on their work. And it does make sense, like you said, that William and Kate would have really wanted to complete that royal tour. I'm a little surprised that the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge came in as low on the list as, as they did um, behind um, the Earl of Wessex and Princess Anne. I I don't know. I, I know Princess Anne has traditionally been a very hardworking royal and it's been very involved, but 
I sort of expected um, the Duke of Duchess of Cambridge, given their their rank in the royal family, um, would have come in a little bit higher than um, than where they did. And Sophie's going to be up there as well. So the Queen will be up there. Charles and Camilla will be up there. Um, Anne and Edward and Sophie and uh, and Beatrice and Eugenie as well are are accounted in in that. So. Andrew used to historically have really high numbers of engagements. So when we say that the number of engagements has been cut by over half, it has to do with COVID, but it also has to do with Andrew is not being factored into that anymore. And Harry and Meghan, um, while they weren't maybe the top contributors, they, especially Harry was a, a contributor as well. So you've got to factor that in as well. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I think that's a very good point um, because it, it will account for some of that, you know, the drop in the numbers and it's not completely related to COVID. Um, and I kind of wonder, you know, how, how this has impacted Andrew, um, if he has traditionally been so involved in, in this work, you know, Harry and Meghan, they stepped away from, from their official roles, but we know that they are very involved in a lot of other initiatives that they've got going on. And they're still very much, um, seen and, and in the spotlight, especially over here in the U S. Uh, but you know, we all know Prince Andrew has kind of had to take a huge step back and live a very private life this last year. Yeah. So there are your numbers and there is the Royal Rundown. So for segment two, we're going to talk about Royal Protocol. So as we've discussed previously, the Royal family is a family bound by seemingly endless rules and protocol. So here are some of the most interesting customs of the firm, keeping in mind that there are literally about a bazillion more. So let's start with food, drink, and formal dinners. I wonder, by the way, if there is, there has to be like a book of these rules somewhere in Buckingham <laughs> Palace. Like, I'm sure. Who is the keeper of the protocol? Like somewhere these are listed, but I don't well, you know. We've talked before about how, and I think that they, this came up in the crown too, how Diana was overwhelmed with having to learn these little rules, you know, when she came into the family because she didn't grow up in it and it didn't come naturally to her. And, you know, looking at, you know, a list of, of protocols that the royal family follows, it can be overwhelming to look at that and think, you know, wow, I mean, there, it has to be written down somewhere. <laughs> and well, and here's the thing is that the queen is such a stickler for tr tradition and habit that these rules have probably, and, and I wonder if some of them are just unspoken and we just like, don't do it because, you know, we all in, in all of our families in all of our households, we have protocol. I mean, there's no protocol in my family that's written down in a book somewhere that's like, you know, we don't <laughs> eat this or we eat this on Christmas or whatever. But you all know it. <laughs> well, we know it. Yeah. And every family is that way. And I mean, we talked about some of our Christmas traditions on the podcast a couple weeks ago. There's no written record of that anywhere, but we just know it and we just do it year after year. And this is a queen that has eaten the same meal for breakfast for the last like 50 plus years, <laughs> cornflakes, right? So this is a creature of habit. I wonder what's going to happen to most of, some of these rules will stay obviously, but some of them, like what I'm about to talk about with garlic, because the queen hates garlic. I wonder, you know, if those will just go by the wayside, if it'll just be Charles, Charles's preferences now, I don't know, but Let's talk food for a minute. So if you like a good starch for your dinner, you're out of luck, buddy. Pasta, potatoes, rice are never on the dinner menu. So I would be miserable because I love me some carbohydrates. I might be healthier, but I'd be miserable. You're more <laughs> likely to find grilled fish and veggies, but not shellfish, never shellfish. The family tries to avoid food poisoning at all costs, which I think we all do, but especially them. The family also skips rare red meat. 
And as I said just a second ago, the queen hates garlic, specifically the smell of it. And I, I like the taste of garlic, but I can totally understand hating the smell of it. You will never find garlic on the menu. Plus, it also makes sense from a logistical standpoint. If you're a royal and you're speaking to hundreds or thousands of people, you don't want that garlic breath, so no garlic. So I just said this. She's so regimented. The queen eats the same breakfast every day, nuts, dried fruit, and cornflakes, which is a very, you know, low-key kind of breakfast. It um, is. I think I, I might get bored of that every single day. I switch my breakfast up like every other day, probably. Well, maybe every two or three days. Yeah. Um, and not only that, but I think she pretty much has the same lunch. Every, she's just such a regimented person, very disciplined. I, I would love some of her discipline. What's your, what's one of your favorite go-to breakfasts? Oh gosh, I love eggs. I love scrambled eggs. I also love like really bad sugary cereals like Cinnamon Toast Crunch <laughs> and um, Reese's Peanut Butter Puffs. You know, I like to keep it really healthy around here sarcasm, <laughs> crispy cream. So I actually have never really been a huge breakfast person, which, you know, chalk that in the overflowing bucket of bad eating habits that I have. But um, I'm trying to be become one because of course, you know, anybody that knows anything about metabolism knows that you need to start off your metabolism with something to eat. And you should really eat your biggest meal of the day in the morning. Um, so I've heard anyway, you're the lifestyle expert, you're the diet <laughs> expert, not me, but, um, you know, I, these days you'll just really find me grabbing a Nutri-Grain bar and, um, or a granola bar and chowing it down and just jumping right into work. So what do you eat on a typical day? Um, well, I, you know, I'm a big smoothie person, so, um, I, I like to do a, a healthy mix of, fruit and greens and, and like a nut milk. Um, and of course I'll add stuff like chia seeds in there. So that's a big one for me, but every couple of days I'll switch it up and, and do something different. And when I do, I have been on a, um, yogurt and granola kick. So I'll yeah. do, um, right now I'm, I'm doing a, um, cashew milk yogurt. So it's a vegan mm. yogurt with um, granola and chopped up honey crisp apple and almond butter and a little bit of dark chocolate on top. And mm. it, it honestly tastes like dessert for breakfast. It is wow. so um, those are my two go-tos right now. You know, I just thought of this for a woman that has chefs, private chefs, and could have anything she wants for breakfast. She chooses cornflakes, <laughs> nuts, and fruit. So, you know, that's, I, I will say the queen was born in 1926, which is the same year that my grandmother who passed away in 2012 was born and women and men, people that were raised in the great depression, just keep it simple. And I swear it's because they were raised that way. I mean, the yeah, queen, that's a good point. The queen obviously, you know, was never destitute poor. I mean, she was still, you know, her father was the king of England but, you know, I know my grandmother, their family was in, you know, pure poverty in the Great Depression. And uh, because of that, you know, they just kept it really, really simple. And like, well, and I remember reading in Elizabeth Holmes book, you know, the Queen's family was really sort of famously frugal during, um, yeah. during her times. And I think that has really stuck with her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when you are done eating, you must fold your napkin in half so as not to show a dirty napkin. Wouldn't want to do that. When the queen stops eating, everyone stops eating. But to make sure everyone has a chance to finish their meal, the queen intentionally eats very slowly. So she's not wolfing it down. She gives people a chance to, to eat and to finish their meal. So obviously, the British are known for their tea. And there is a royal protocol for how to sip it. The teacup handle must be held with the thumb and the index finger while the middle finger holds the bottom. Also, lady royals can only take sips from the same spot so they don't get their lipstick all over the teacup, which I do with my coffee mug all the time. <laughs> so you choose a spot and you sip from it until you're done. I think that's interesting. 
royals aren't allowed to accept food or drinks from anyone, obviously too much fear of poisoning. And finally, for this section, at formal dinners, the queen spends the first half of the meal speaking to the person seated to her right. And then for the second half of the meal, she switches and speaks to the person at her left. So, you know, that um, makes me think dinners for her at these events, I mean, they truly are work, you know, when oh, you yeah. going to an event and having dinner, that's the part that you really enjoy and sort of relax. And, um, and, and she really does have a lot to think through there. And um, I mean, what would you give to be one of those people sitting at her right or left at a dinner table? <laughs> I would love it, but also I would be terrified because like if we were, you know, eat, like I would, I, me being me, I'd like get food in my hair or get, you know, something in my teeth or spill everywhere just because I was so nervous. And how can you carry on a conversation and eat and try to talk to the queen of England and, 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 but I mean, I would never turn it down. I mean, my gosh, I'd like, you know, eat something before and just pick at my food so I could be fully immersed in the conversation with her. How cool. So, all right, let's talk fashion for a minute. So many of you have read Elizabeth Holmes book. Uh, we both have, we both own it. Um, so you might know some of this, but you might not. There might be some new tidbits in there. So the queen sends tons of messages with her purse. When she puts her purse on the table, it's time to go in no more than five minutes. And of course she expects someone on her staff to accommodate that, make that transition happen smoothly. Also, I think this is so interesting. When she moves her purse from her left arm to her right arm, the conversation you are having with her is over, which is a subtle hint, um, unless you know that. And then you're like, oh my gosh, the conversation's over. Um, but most people obviously don't know that, except if you listen to Podcast Royal. So if you're ever conversing with the queen and she moves that purse, the convo's over. At that point, a, a staff member would jump in and move things along. The worst is if she puts her bag on the floor, that means she's not having fun with the conversation, is bored to death, and it's time to wrap it up right now. So who knew that a purse could send so many messages? So speaking of purses slash clutches, um, if royal ladies are wearing a more cleavage bearing number, think I'm thinking right now of Princess Diana, um, and, and a lot of the low, more low cut dresses that she used to wear in the 90s, this was kind of her signature move. They should always hold their clutch over their bosom while exiting cars and bending down so as not to reveal too much. Diana did this so much that her clutches became known as cleavage clutches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can totally see this happening, like her getting out of a car and putting the clutch in front of her, her bosom to be modest. So. The queen, this is very COVID friendly fun fact. The queen usually wears gloves at events because she shakes a lot of hands and people have germs. But on the occasion when she isn't wearing gloves at an event and you see her twisting her wedding ring, that is her secret or maybe not so secret now, hint to her staffers that she wants the conversation to end. So um, if you wonder, if you've ever wondered why ladies wear hats at formal events, it's because they're required to. However, if the event is after 6 p.m., out come the tiaras instead. But that said, only married women can wear tiaras. So throw a little love to the not yet married women like me. Mm -hmm. um, but I couldn't wear one. So at least yet anyway. So, okay, I just wrote an article for Harper's Bazaar about this. So this has actually been proven false, but it has been said that lady royals are not allowed to wear colored nail polish, only nude polish, and must wear, uh, well, and then that's another thing about pantyhose, but that's actually not true. They can wear colored polish, but the queen herself personally does not like colored polish. She, her favorite, we all know this, we've talked about this on the podcast, her favorite nail polish shade is uh, Ballet Slippers by Essie, which is a really pale pink. And so usually the women in the family follow her lead, but um, there's, there's no official protocol. A lot of these rules, you know, are unspoken, right? But anyway, that's interesting. I just wrote a story about that. But um, women in the family are required to wear pantyhose and they cannot wear fur, which is interesting, probably just because they don't want the 
the flack that comes along with it. Well, I was thinking back to some of Kate's outfits this year and, you know, she had um, that long green coat at Windsor Castle at the end of the year with that kind of fur collar. And I was actually looking into that outfit and, and I saw a source shared where they thought she got it and they did note that um, that it would be faux fur. Yeah, it, it apparently had to be um, because they're apparently not allowed to. We, we talked about that, how how it was faux fur, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think we've talked about this one on the podcast before too, but after the Queen's father, King George VI, died unexpectedly while she was abroad in Kenya, and she didn't have any mourning clothes with her, royals are now required to bring a black mourning outfit with them every time they travel, just in case. So, and finally, in this category, George, Louis, and Archie may only wear, well, not Archie anymore, because, you know, Archie can do whatever he wants now. But George and Louis, really not George anymore because he's kind of coming out of, of this boy age or whatever, whatever, not that he's a man by any means, but I'm all over the place with this factoid. But anyway, royal boys may only wear tailored shorts, not pants. I'm not really sure at what age that rule expires, but it's for royal boys. So we'll just point to Louis as an example. So, okay, human interaction protocol. We don't really see them out very much anymore, but when they did go out, Prince Philip must trail two steps behind his wife, the queen, in public. Of course, much has been made of this in the crown, if you watch, and how frustrated that made Philip, who is very much an alpha man. Um, when shaking hands with the queen, it is a two-pump maximum, and you must maintain eye contact. There should be no touching of royals beyond a handshake. Can you just see the sign? Please do not touch the royals. <laughs> so um, royals are also not supposed to be touchy-feely in public. Megan had the hardest time with this when she was a working royal. You can often catch her reaching out for Harry, and then she would kind of snap her hand back, remembering the protocol. Also really discouraged from using pet names in public. Um, although Megan, quote unquote, got caught, you know, as if that's so wrong, calling Harry my love at an event, I believe that was in 2018. So finally, when curtsying, royals only do a slight bend of the knee, not a full bow. So let's talk about the royals at work. So if a meeting is being held at Buckingham Palace, the queen has a secret buzzer she can press to alert her staff to interrupt she and her guests in the meeting. I mean, my gosh, queen, the queen has many ways to get out of talking to you. If it's she not does. her purse, if it's not her wedding ring, she's got a buzzer. You know, I, wonder, I wonder if after that um, stranger broke into her bedroom, she got a buzzer in there. <laughs> oh, good point. Yeah, I, I mean, she's, she's definitely got a lot of exit strategies and a lot of ways to get out of the conversation. Um, Royal, so I think this is interesting. We see this a lot at this at Christmas Day at Sandringham when they do the walkabout in front of the church. Royals must accept every gift given to them in public, but they can choose later to get rid of the gift, which they usually probably do. But um, I know, like on some occasions, like Kate has been given like jewel, like the GCL necklace that she, I think she was given that in Ireland, and she kept it obviously and wore it, and then of course sales for that company just went through the roof. So, um, so but that, they, that's an interesting um, point because I was thinking that they weren't allowed to accept gifts. Well, the food they can't accept food, but okay. or drink, but okay. they they are required to like. You'll see. Do you remember in twenty Christmas twenty nineteen? Charlotte was given oh, what was it, like a flamingo or some big oversized. Uh, stuffed animal or whatever and um, I can just see her carrying it right now but I mean they obviously probably don't keep most of what they're given but sometimes they do and sometimes that means you know skyrocketing sales for a business like jewelry so um, also if you were to meet a member of the family which wouldn't I love to do that no autographs or selfies should be given by or asked of a royal two heirs cannot travel together you're never going to see Charles and William on the same plane. And as time passes and George gets older, you will never see William and George on the same plane. That way, God forbid something were to happen, two heirs are not killed together. 
so morbid. But and finally, royals cannot get paid to work. They make enough money, they will be okay. So let's speaking of Christmas at Sandringham, let's move into special occasions. So in the past, Christmas at Sandringham was mandatory for all royals. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. No Christmas morning excitement for the Windsors. Presents are always open on Christmas Eve at tea time in the red drawing room. Of course, that all went kaput in Christmas 2020. I think we've talked about this too. Maybe not. I can't remember. But all royal brides must include myrtle in their wedding bouquets. The queen did, and it's been a tradition ever since. So in our final category is miscellaneous. So royals cannot vote, which Harry made headlines in the past couple months for saying that he's never voted before because he can't, because he is a member of the royal family. Well, if he becomes an American citizen, of course he can vote in the US, but that so far has not happened. So the reason why they can't do that is so that they never show favoritism towards any particular politician or political party. The queen can drive even without a license. She actually gives the licenses so she can drive without one. She's the queen after all. Um, I think we talked about this on the Christmas episode, but the family banned itself from playing Monopoly together because the game got too heated and everyone got too mad at each other, which I think is <laughs> cool. I, I would ban Monopoly just because it takes too long and it is incredibly boring. But and finally, Okay, this is my personal pet peeve. Per protocol, once you marry into the royal family as a female, your maiden name should not be used again. So I have always struggled with when people call them Kate Middleton and Meghan Markle. Um, I don't mind them being called Kate or Meghan. I, or the Duchess of Cambridge, the Duchess of Sussex, Duchess Meghan, Duchess Kate, Duchess Catherine, just anything you want. It just gets under my skin when they are called by their maiden names. But I said that and someone brought up a good point. Maybe that's, you know, what they want to be called. And it's kind of, I mean, especially Megan, I don't know so much about Kate, but kind of like a bit feminist of Megan to keep her middle, her, not her middle name, her maiden name. But what do you think about that? Um, well, you know, from my personal like perspective, I, I agree, you know, they're married and they're part of the royal family. So um, it makes sense that they wouldn't use their maiden name. But I also think, um, you know, a lot of celebrities always hold on to their maiden names. And yeah. um, that's what they want to be known as professionally. And that's what we knew these people as prior to the wedding. And so it kind of just sticks. And, and I, I think that's, you know, why people continue to use them in casual conversation. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, absolutely. I, I don't, I wouldn't refer to, to one of them in a formal setting in that way, especially if you were around the Royal family, um, for some reason. And honestly, um, I actually wonder how Kate feels about people calling her Kate, because a lot of the time I feel like she yeah. introduced herself as Catherine. I know. And, and I don't know why in this generation we call them Kate Middleton or Meghan Markle. We never called Diana, Diana Spencer. Like I never heard that after her wedding. And so, you know, or, or, uh, well, I guess Fergie, Sarah Ferguson, but that was a nickname. Like we're not calling them like Marky or middle T or whatever, <laughs> you know, that's, so I don't know, but that's just a personal pet peeve of mine. So thank you to good housekeeping for so many of these factoids. So what are your thoughts on protocol, royal protocol on the whole? Well, I like tradition too. So I think this is fun. And I, you know, I think once you've been a part of the family for a while, these things start to just click and, and come to you. It is definitely overwhelming as someone who's not in the royal family to look through this and, um, you know, think that you've got to remember all of these things, but they're definitely fun to read and worry or to to wonder about. Um, worry about. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, I like it. <laughs> well, that's but what I've got today and I'm turning it over to you, my friend. So um, this segment today will be a little bit different than our typical lifestyle segment. Um, we are going to play Name That Royal. So, I'm so pumped for this because I have not been preempted with these questions. No, I you hope I don't make a fool of myself right now. 
So if our listeners um, listen back to our first episode, they might remember that Rachel actually um, quizzed me in a surprise quiz, and it was really fun. It was about how royal couples met, and um, I thought it was tough, um, and, and so I wanted to come back and quiz Rachel about royals and see how much she knows, um, and I will say Rachel has a wealth of knowledge on the royal family, so you know if I want to know something, I don't even have to waste time going to Google and research. I can go straight to Rachel and get my answer. Um, so I knew that she would be really good at this. So I did a little digging. Let's see how I do. Well, I did a little digging for these questions. Um, and, and so I personally think that these questions are pretty tough, uh, but I'll be interested to see how you do. I think there'll definitely be a few that you'll know right off the bat, um, but I think this is going to be fun. So okay. you're going to make um, my brain work on a Tuesday. I, I'm here for it. <laughs> a little bit about the quiz. I've got 20 multiple choice questions. So I'll ask the question and I'll give you three names and you have to guess which person matches with the question. Um, and you can reuse these names. So don't toss one out just because you've already used it. Okay. Um, some people maybe mention more than once. Um, unfortunately, you cannot phone a friend um, for an answer. But if you do need a hint, um, I might be able to help you out. So, if I were to phone a friend, it would be you. So <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. My, my resident royal expert. So. so Rachel will talk through her thought process um, when she's trying to come up with the answer. So you guys um, can, can listen to that. And we'll give a couple of seconds um, for you to think through it yourself if you're playing along at home. Um, but OK, we'll go ahead and we'll get started. All right, are you ready? I hope so. I hope <laughs> I hope I don't make a total and complete fool of myself right now. All right, so question number one, which royal has a Finsta? Do you know what a Finsta is? A fake Instagram, right? Yes. Is it A, Lady Louise, the daughter of Edward and Sophie, B, Zara Tyndall, or C, Princess Beatrice? Okay, so I, I was going to say Prince Harry, but that is not an option. So, okay, I doubt that Lady Louise, I mean, she might, but if she does, we might not, we won't know about it because they're, they're fiercely private with her. I could see all of them having a fence to, I'm going to go with Beatrice. Correct. You are yeah. right. So um, she, her Finsta is at B York. Um, and I actually looked it up. It's out there, but it is a private account. So you can't go out there and snoop on her and she probably will not accept any unknown followers. She definitely won't. And also I just said that. And then in the news this week, so Harry, I know for a fact it, Harry used to have a Finsta, but yes, I, I heard about that. Harry and Megan don't have social media at all anymore and that came out in the news this week so yeah Beatrice that makes sense because um she doesn't have a at least Eugenie has a public one but um to my knowledge Beatrice doesn't have a public one so that would make sense all right so question two which royal was supposed to be the Duke of Cambridge but took on another title by his own request a Prince Philip the Duke of Edinburgh B, Prince Edward, the Earl of Wessex, or C, Prince Andrew, the Duke of York? Ooh, I don't know this one off the bat, just letting you know. So this is a guess. It's not Philip. It's either going to be Andrew or Edward, and I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Andrew. You are incorrect. Is it Edward? So yes, and it's actually a funny story. Apparently, um, Edward liked the character of Lord Wessex in Shakespeare in Love. Um, and so he asked for that title and Queen Elizabeth allowed him to take that. Um, but one day after Prince Philip, he will inherit the title Duke of Edinburgh. I knew that. So why I, why I said, Duke, I, I was putting Duke and Duke together. So Duke of Cambridge, Duke of York, mm -hmm. um, but I accept, I accept my incorrect answer, but I knew it was not Philip. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that was a cute story. That is cute. So number three, who is distantly related to the sixth U.S. President John Quincy Adams? Hmm. A, Autumn Phillips, B, Sophie the Countess of Wessex, 
or C, Fergie, the Duchess of York? Okay, these questions are not easy, Jessica. I hope they get a little easier as we go because this is not easy. Um, so I don't know again, um, but okay, Autumn Phillips, trying to think of someone. I, okay, I believe Autumn Phillips is Canadian, but that doesn't really mean anything because John, you know, you know, these are, this is in, you know, like John Adams. I mean, they, they're all from England, so it doesn't really eliminate anyone. Who is it? Fergie, Autumn, and who else? Sophie. Sophie. I'm going to go with Autumn Phillips. That's my gut. Okay. So that is incorrect, but you, you were right. She's Canadian, um, but it's actually Fergie. Um, oddly enough, um, she is, and it's, it's very distant, but she is the seventh cousin seven times removed of John Quincy Adams. Interesting. Yeah. I think Fergie's got some other, um, like, I don't know, not, maybe not royal blood, but um, she's got some other high up blood in her family line as well. Interesting. I'm learning right alongside you listeners. I, yeah, I, I mean, don't know yeah, everything. I tried to get some really obscure questions because I did want people to learn some interesting facts. Yeah, this is interesting. Question number four, who is environmentally conscious and has a no plastic rule in their house? A, Princess Eugenie, B, Megan, the Duchess of Sussex, or C, Prince Charles? Okay, well, it's probably... You know, it's it's I, the answer is Charles. I'm pretty sure, but it's he used to be considered weird for being an environmentalist, but now that has spread, and now of course William is one, Harry is one, Meghan I'm sure is one. So I'm gonna guess Charles, but it could be all of the above. But Charles. Yeah, so this is sort of a trick, trick question because they are very all, all very environmentally friendly and um, it may all apply to them, but the correct answer is Princess Eugenie. Um, <sighs> I, this is not good. I, I, well, I read an article that actually um, reported that she has a no plastic rule in her home and she also had a no plastic rule at her wedding to Jack Brooksbank. I respect that. Yeah. I respect that. Okay, question number five. Who had a tongue piercing as a teenager? Ooh. A, Prince Harry, B, Zara Tyndall, or C, Peter Phillips? Okay, I am, I can't, I can't believe it. Any, I can't imagine any of them, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess Zara. You are correct. Finally. So, oh my gosh. I was about to get dethroned as co-host of this podcast. <laughs> I don't know anything. Well, she was famously um, in the tabloids because she showed it off at Prince Charles' 50th birthday. Yeah. I, if it were, if it were Perry, I would just like probably keel over and die. <laughs> he did have his wild days, but I don't think he was that wild. Right. All right. So question number six. Who got in trouble as a child for bullying at school? A, Prince William, B, Prince Philip, or C, Prince George? Oh, George would never do such a thing. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna, okay. William was tough as a kid. They called him William the Wombat, but I don't think it was, actually it could be, but I could also see it being Philip because he's such an alpha male. So I'm, uh, you're not giving me any uh, hints non-verbally, which is unfortunate because I need the, all the help I can get, but I'm going <laughs> to vote. I'm going to actually vote William on this one. That's what my gut says. You are correct. Oh, woohoo! It's actually, and, and I'll give him some credit. It wasn't later in life. It was in preschool. He got in trouble for starting fights on the playground and pushing his way to the front of the line. <laughs> well, he is the future <laughs> king after all, so. Right, it makes sense. <laughs> Okay, so question number seven, who is the only royal to have completed the London Marathon? A, Princess Eugenie, B, Princess Beatrice, or C, Kate Middleton? Okay, it's not Kate. It's either Eugenie or Beatrice, and I can't remember which one. I remember when this happened, and I think it's Eugenie. Am I wrong? 
You are. Okay, it's Beatrice. It's Beatrice. Yes, yeah. So yeah. the answer is Beatrice. Um, so she ran it in 2010. She completed it in five hours, 13 minutes, and four seconds. But I will note that um, Kate and William actually wanted to run it in 2017, but they were told no because of the amount of security that would have been yeah. required for them to participate. Yeah, and that would have been not long after the Boston Marathon bombing. So the security... Mm -hmm concerns were probably super heightened. Right. All right, question number eight. Which royal was known as the Playboy Prince in his bachelor days? A, Peter Phillips, B, Prince Charles, C, Prince Andrew. Well, it's not Peter Phillips because Peter Phillips doesn't have a title, so he's not a prince. Um, it's Andrew. That's correct. Andrew, yeah. as much as I can't stand him anymore, was very handsome as a young man. He was, and I think when he um, when he and Fergie got married, a lot of the you know the press and stuff were basically saying, "Oh, she's finally tamed him" or whatever. But yeah, um, obviously not. So <laughs> right, yeah. Okay, so question number nine: Which two royals both wrecked a Land Rover on separate occasions, turning them over? A. Mike Tyndall and Princess Anne. B, Mike Tyndall and Prince Philip, or C, Prince Philip and Zara Tyndall? Uh, Prince Philip and Zara Tyndall. That's correct. Yep. So Prince Philip, you probably remember this, when he was driving alone in 2019, he claims the sun got in his eyes um, and, and he had that incident with the other lady and, and wrecked his car. And then Zara, um, actually, it was in the early 2000s. She had just gotten into a fight with an ex-boyfriend um, and mm. was driving and wrecked her car. So the moral of the story is the family should stop buying Land Rovers because they just turn <laughs> right. them over. Stick to or, or hire a driver. The ground. <laughs> yeah, just have a drive. Why is Phil why was Philip still driving in 2019? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so question number 10. Who is close friends with Princess Charlene of Monaco? A Sophie, the Countess of Wessex, Fergie, the Duchess of York. Or Autumn Phillips? Oh, that's a good question because I don't know this off the top of my head. So not that this matters, not that you have to be around the same age as someone to be their friend, but thinking of peer groups, Autumn, it's Fergie, Autumn, and who else? Sophie. So thinking of peer groups, I believe Charlene is significantly younger than Prince Albert, her husband. So Autumn would be in her peer group so I'm going to guess Autumn on this one. So it's actually Sophie. Interesting. They kind of um, resemble each other a little bit. Well, the two have actually been photographed several times at weddings and other events chatting together closely. So, um, you know, we believe they may, they may be in the same circle of friends. I would love to be Sophie's friend. She seems just so genuinely kind. She does. She seems very down to earth. Yeah. Question 11. In an interview, who shared details about past travels when they had been biking through Vietnam, touring the coast of Croatia, and camping in New Zealand? A, Prince Charles, B, Meghan, the Duchess of Sussex, or C, Peter Phillips? Hmm. These are three people who are all very well-traveled, so, but I don't ever remember Meghan I mean, because I've pretty much read, I'm, I've pretty much read everything Megan's written or close to it. I don't ever remember her talking about going to Vietnam. I'm going to go with Peter Phillips on this one. So I'm going to surprise you with this. It's actually Megan. Really? And Megan is extremely well-traveled, so I'm not surprised at all. She, um, she did an interview in 2013, and she claimed she preferred off-the-beaten-path travel, and that's where she talked about that. Well... You learn something new every day. I hope I don't get fired as the editor of What Megan Wore or dethroned <laughs> from this podcast because not doing so great. <laughs> okay, so I mean, if any if any of our listeners are passing this with flying colors, I would love for them to just like DM us or email us and let us know because <laughs> so that we can replace Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> I would be failing this quiz too if I were taking. <laughs> I'm learning though, which is great. <laughs> So question 12, 
Who was so sick with sinusitis on her wedding day that she could barely get out of bed? Mm. A, Princess Anne, B, Queen Elizabeth, or C, Camilla, the Duchess of Cornwall? Well, to that, I'd say for Anne and Camilla, which wedding said like totally not passive aggressively, but um, I, I don't know, but my gut, which has been steering me so wrong today is telling me Camilla. Okay. Final answer. That leads me to believe I'm wrong when you say that, but yes, final answer. <laughs> no, you are right. Um, good. So it's actually, it was when she was um, getting married to Prince Charles. Yeah, um, I vaguely remember that in 05. It, yeah, um, apparently she was almost immobile um, and she got up out of bed because her sister threatened to wear her wedding dress herself. <laughs> okay, good. Redeeming myself. One Camilla Our. question at a time. Question 13, who hosted the first ever women only event at Buckingham Palace? A, Queen Elizabeth, B, Kate, or C, Camilla? Gut says Kate on this one. Okay, you going with that one? I, when you say, when you say things <laughs> like that, I, it leads me to believe I'm wrong, but you did that last time and I was right. So. Yeah, I just, again, gut feeling. Uh, I don't think also that you'd put two Camilla answers back to back. So Kate. Okay. Um, yep. So it was not Kate. It was Queen Elizabeth. Oh, okay. In 2004, she hosted the Women of Achievement Luncheon for Women in Politics, Fashion, Business, and the Arts. And a few of the attendees included Kate Moss, Charlotte Church, Twiggy, and J.K. Rowling. Wow. Yeah. What a fun event to go to. Not, yeah, that's what I thought. All right, question 14. Which royal lived in Hong Kong? Okay. A, Edward, the Earl of Wessex, William, the Duke of Cambridge, or Peter Phillips? I'm going with Edward on this one. I know it's not William. All right, so this one you got wrong. It is Oh my Peter goodness, it's Peter. I knew it wasn't William. So he actually lived in Hong Kong after marrying Autumn Phillips while he was working for the Royal Bank of Scotland. They're all just enormously well-traveled. So yeah, I know. Really. It doesn't surprise me at all. Inter these are, these are really interesting facts and like all over the board too. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so. I don't know where you're pulling all this from, but it's really good stuff. Let's hope it's all true because I went all over the internet. <laughs> the deep corners of the internet to find these facts. <laughs> okay, so question 15. Which royal has been convicted of a criminal offense? Ooh. A, Prince Philip, B, Princess Anne, or C, Mike Kendall? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to stereotype, but I just feel like Mike Tyndall would... <laughs> Get like an MIP or something like that. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go with Mike Tyndall. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know you're wrong on that. <laughs> what? Okay. This should show all of you listeners that you too can be a royal podcast host. I swear I know some things about this family. Wait, who is it? Philip? No. Anne got arrested? <laughs> well, she didn't really get arrested. So um, in 2002, her English bull terrier bit two children and she pleaded guilty under the Dangerous Dogs Act and was fined 650, uh, I don't know if that's at pounds or dollars, um, but she, and it, she did apologize to the family. And since it was an isolated incident, her um, dog was not put down. Wow. Don't yeah. remember that. Was a little young for, for that to register. Wow. Didn't yeah. know that. Okay, but she didn't go to like jail or something. No, but I guess it was considered a criminal offense. Um, but I I didn't read anything about her getting arrested for it. I think she um I I mean I don't know, maybe I should dig a little bit more and, and see, That's but fascinating. it seems like she maybe was ticketed and, and paid a fine. I just could so see Mike Tyndall like in college playing that rugby and getting a little too boozy and yeah. <laughs> getting like being underage or something like that. He's a lot of fun, so. Yeah, he is. And I actually threw him in there to, to try to trick you. Yeah, so. I know you're doing some red herrings in there and they're <laughs> working, so. 
Question 16. Which royal can speak French, Swahili, Welsh, Gaelic, and Spanish? I know this one, but go okay. ahead. A, Prince William, B, Prince Harry, or C, Prince Philip? Okay, I guess I was going to say Charles, but okay. Say those languages one more time. French, Swahili, Welsh, Gaelic, and Spanish. It's got to be William. You are right. Because they have to, there's some, like... So the Welsh, the Gaelic, like if you watch the crown, Charles had to learn those because those languages are spoken in the UK, right? Mm -hmm. And um, Swahili, of course, he and Harry, for that matter, love Africa. And um, yeah, that just sounds like something an heir would have to learn all those languages. So William. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I mean, several members of the royal family speak French fluently and, and a few other languages, but um, he is not fluent fluent in all of these, but he is well-versed in quite a few languages, um, including, you know, English, French, Welsh. Um, and, and I think it's, it, it's assumed that he knows a good bit of Gaelic and a little bit of Swahili and Spanish. Yeah, that, that's definitely something that an heir would have, like George, who's seven, is already taking foreign language because he's got to learn all these. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, okay, so number 17. Who has broken their nose eight times and oh had to have surgery to permanently straighten it? A, Camilla, B, Prince Andrew, or C, Mike Tyndall? Okay, I, I'm going to go with Mike Tyndall because <laughs> he's a rugby player. So, like, I can't imagine any, like, I can't imagine anybody else breaking their nose eight times, like, maybe twice, maybe. It's got to be Mike Tyndall. Yeah, I thought I'd throw you an easy one in there. So Thank after the mercy question, <laughs> after he stopped playing rugby in 2014, he had surgery to straighten his nose. Well, <laughs> occupational hazard. Number 18, you'll get this one too. Who was born in Canada? A, Autumn Phillips, B, James Viscount Severn, or C, Princess Anne? You're starting to give me some mercy questions, which I appreciate. And the answer is Autumn. We all have already established she is Canadian. Yep. So she's Canadian and she first met Peter at the Montreal Grand Prix um, of Formula One race. And um, when she met him, she didn't actually realize who he was. And after the fact, she saw him on TV. Um, and apparently it, it's been said that her mom said, oh, Autumn, what have you gotten yourself into? Yeah. Well, God love her. She's getting herself out of it right now. So I know. I hate that. I, I do, do too. All right. Question 19. Who managed a prestigious nightclub in London and owned a wine merchant business? A. Edo Mapelli Mazzi. B. Jack Brooksbank. Or C. Princess Beatrice. That sounds like Jack Brooksbank to me. You are right. Um, so he is, um, let's see, he was a UK ambassador for George Clooney's tequila brand, Casamigos. Mm -hmm. um, and then just another fun fact, he is actually Eugenie's, I mean, we know they're married, but he's her third cousin once removed. Um, okay. And he actually, Eugenie had a dog named Jack. Um, and that was kind of a joke in the family too, that uh, her dog <laughs> and her husband shared the same name. <laughs> I, that's interesting. No, that Jack is uh, the one that's really kind of the business minded one. So, right. All right. So last question. last question, number 20, which Royal did not know their granny Elizabeth was the queen of England until they learned about it from friends at school? A, Princess Charlotte, B, Lady Louise, or C, Prince George? Okay, well, technically, only one of them is her, is granny. The other one would be, like, great granny. Is that, like, on purpose? Um, not necessarily. <laughs> okay, well, it could be all of them, because they probably don't have a clue, you know, that's just granny to them. Um... I'm just, you know, just for the heck of it, I'm going to go with Louise. 
You're right. Yeah. So I think a lot of times people just say granny, um, yeah. casually, even if it's a great grandmother or, um, you know, or, or not, but, um, so yeah, you mentioned earlier, her parents have raised her, uh, pretty sheltered from the public and she didn't realize that her grandmother was the, the queen. So in an interview, Sophie actually revealed it was only when she was coming home from school and saying, mommy, people keep telling me that grandma is the queen. And I asked her, yes, how does that make you feel? And she said, I don't understand. I don't think she had grasped that there was only one queen. So I thought that was yeah. really interesting and, and funny and cute. I This has nothing to do with the royals, but I love um, Barbara and Jenna Bush, the twins. And they were, uh, gosh, how old were they? Like under 10 years old when their grandfather, uh, 41 H.W. Bush was inaugurated. And so they went to school and asked their classmates, they said, when is your grandfather's inauguration? Just thinking that every grandfather got inaugurated president <laughs> of the United States. So you do, you just don't grasp that. That's just, you know, all you know. So that yeah, was a you know, quiz, Jess. Good. I, wish I, I wish I'd done a little better. I wasn't keeping score, but I didn't, I definitely didn't get a perfect score, but well, I'm glad um, I got to teach you a couple things as Definitely. well as hopefully our listeners. Um, I certainly learned pretty much all of this when I was doing the research myself. So um, yeah, I hope our listeners enjoyed it at home and, and had fun playing along. It's a little bit of a detour from kind of our normal lifestyle content, but um, thought it would be sort of fun. And you talked on protocol today too, which was sort of lifestyle content as well. Well, you know, it's definitely lifestyle content talking about broken noses and arrests and oh, you can't eat pla or you can't eat plastic. You can't use plastic in my house. I hope all of our listeners learned something today. And that's a wrap on episode seven. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you learned something from the quiz. I know I did. As always, follow us on Instagram at podcast royal email us hello podcast royal at gmail.com and don't forget to subscribe rate and review our podcast thank you to all of our listeners for making this so much fun and we will see you next week with episode eight bye, bye. <laughs>